0: How's it going, coaches? Thank you for tuning in to Keep Your Pads Down. Well, we are the podcast made for D-Line coaches, and today we're rolling out our fourth edition of what I like to call Inside Drill, which are shorter episodes where I go without a guest and get into to some specific uh, facet of D-Line play, and, and I call these episodes Inside Drill because just like my favorite part of practice, besides uh, Indy, of course, Inside drill is stripped down to just, you know, the guys inside the tackles, unless you have one of those uh, just annoying offensive coordinators that likes to throw bubbles during inside drill. But hey, we're not going to get into that today. Uh, but but it's this is designed to be fast and furious. Uh, you get a lot of reps, get, your, get what you need to know, and then get out of here. So that's what we're going to be doing today. Uh, today, we're talking about creating mismatches with a simple alignment that is ideally used in passing situations, but also works well against certain run schemes. So if you would like to see the video of this episode today, you can do so by visiting our YouTube channel. Go ahead and subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, check out the video of this episode. It'll make a little more sense watching the video because I'll be uh, not only talking about this alignment and its benefits, and but we'll also be getting uh, some film clips of it. So uh, today you can listen to the episode if you want, but the video is better for at least getting uh, you know, getting as much information as you can out of what we're going to be talking about today. But hey, if you are, uh, maybe you're driving you're working out or, or, you know, I don't know, running some errands, knocking things off that honeydew list, no problem. You'll still be able to pick up some solid stuff today from, from listening to uh, the audio of today's podcast. Okay. So fresh back from the beach with my family, uh, rolled back into town today. uh, And we were there in in Orange Beach, Alabama, had a great time. Weather was great. Uh, Loved getting to spend some time with my family. Uh, But, but you know, Look, going to the beach with uh, a six-year-old, uh, a four-year-old, and an eight-month-old is a totally different experience than uh, going, with say, like your wife, okay? You know, and it's a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, I mean, you get to see things through the eyes of your kids and, and kind of experience the beach through their perspective and little things like... You know, building a sandcastle or hunting for crabs—you know, that's all a big deal for them, and 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 so it is a lot of fun. Uh, don't get me wrong, but look, going to the beach with your kids—it ain't a day at the beach, okay? And, and now, look, it it, it was while uh, one day during this past week, it was while I was dragging our, our wagon loaded down with dollar store sand toys and an unhealthy amount of flotation devices across the molten hot sand, you know, past all of these people, just kick back, music going, cold drinking, hand laughing, ha ha ha, that, you know what, I had this epiphany. I just started, I had these rules for dads at the beach, okay? Now, this is not a complete and final list by any stretch, and I will throw this up on Twitter this week, and, and would love for you guys to add your rules as well, or even refute the ones that I have here. But here are some rules that I that I have born from some observations I made this week while at the beach. Okay, so 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 here we go. All right, number one, let's go back to the pulling a wagon that weighs the size of a Prius across the burning sand scene. Okay, if you're a dad, you've done this. Uh, if you're not a dad, you've been at the beach, you've seen the dads do it, doing this, right? So here is my my first rule of the beach: if two dads who are doing that, they happen to pass each other, right? And they're both playing the role of pack mule for their family's beach gear. I think it should be standard procedure for both dads to give each other the biker wave. Now, if you're not familiar with what the biker wave is, then obviously you haven't ridden a bike in your life. And I'm talking about a motorcycle. And really, if I'm being honest, I haven't either. Uh, I just picked this up from the brief period of my life that I'm not proud of when I rode a red scooter, which has been the subject of other podcast episodes where I've talked about that, but we're not going to get at that today. But anyway, hey, you know, if you've seen the the away, that's kind of where you throw down, uh, you know, it's like almost kind of like a... I don't know. It's just like a really relaxed wave you sort of throw down. It's really cool. I think that that should be, you know, a, a standard procedure when, when dads who are pulling the wagon, carrying all this, this load of junk to the beach for their, with their kids, throw down the, uh, the biker wave uh, as a sign of respect and a way of acknowledging that, hey, <laughs> we kind of got played on this whole let's go have a relaxed day at the beach myth. Okay? All right, so that's, that's rule number one. Throw down the biker wave, dads, when you see a fellow dad. You know, pulling pulling the wagon full of his kids' stuff. All right, next one. Okay, I, I thought this one would be. You know, I wouldn't have to say this one, but I, you know, I saw way too many beat red dad bods out there this week on the beach. So, dad, dads, what are we doing? Like, wear sunscreen. Okay, some of you want to debate what should you wear a mask? Could you, should you not wear a mask? There should be no debate when it comes to sunscreen. Okay. This is some government conspiracy. All right. The people at Banana Boat aren't trying to mind control you by getting to buy their stuff. Like, they, 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 OK, you there is a serious problem when you don't put sunscreen on uh, and, and you are going to you're going to burn and be miserable. And so put the sunscreen on. OK, now, along with that, there's a caveat there. You need to make sure that you secure a trusted and capable sunscreen application partner. That's important because, again, you see some of these guys walking around and it's like they're, 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 they almost look like a red and white Holstein cow, you know, like someone just slapped sunscreen on, didn't rub it in, and so they just got patches and stuff of red and white, and it looks all kinds of gross. You know, you got to have a capable and trusted sunscreen application partner. I would recommend your wife or significant other guys dads definitely not your mom or your mother-in-law okay no one wants to ask you know their mother-in-law to rub some spf 30 on their back that's weird okay also not your best friend that's that's a man law okay guys don't put sunscreen on other guys backs okay and it doesn't need to be your 4-year-old son look he's cute i i get it he's but but he's not going to do a good job and you're going to be miserable so wear sunscreen secure a trusted and capable sunscreen application partner. That's a must. That's rule number two. Okay. All right. Here's rule number three for uh, dad rules on the beach. Uh, If you don't want to talk to other people on the beach, like dads, you know, especially if you're going to a beach in the South, I don't know how it is up in the Northeast or in California or, or wherever, but in the South, if you don't want to talk to other people on the beach, you just want to chill and have a quiet day on the beach, then don't wear a shirt or a hat or a cap with any logo of any sports team on it. That's pretty simple. All right? You go out there with unmarked clothes, no one's going to bother you. If you are open to talking to other people on the beach or you insist on, you know, wearing, sporting your team logo, then just be ready to talk to people. Because when you go to the beach and you're wearing your T-shirt with your sports team on it or a cap with your sport, people are going to talk to you. Okay? It saw a lot of LSU fans out there today. They were peacocking or out there this week. They were peacocking around, which rightfully so. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, but if you wear a shirt, you know, with, 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 your sports logo on it, be ready to defend it, be ready to talk about it because people are going to talk about it. And I like that. I like when people wear stuff, you know, maybe it's from their high school and, and it may, or maybe it's from, you know, some obscure college that I've never heard of, but that's always a good way to break the ice and, and start a, a, a conversation. So you know, if you don't want to talk to other people, dads, then then don't wear that stuff, okay? All right, now this leads me, this segues nicely into my next rule, rule number four, okay? I didn't see this a ton this week, but enough to where it still needs to be uh, addressed. And and this is actually a rule that uh, was brought up by uh, Kyle Spear, Coach Kyle Spear back uh, when we had him on this fall. Kyle is a strength coach at, at Tulane, by the way. Uh, anyway, this next rule is one of his man laws that he shared with, this, shared with us uh, on his episode. Anyway, Dads, no T-shirt swimming. Okay, look, I get it. It's been Maybe it's been a while since the train has pulled into Gainesville, if you know what I mean, okay? And maybe you're carrying some extra weight, you know, sporting the quarantine 15. Hey, look, dude, no one cares. No one cares, okay? If you're a big dog, own it. You got a weird tattoo that you think might scare the little kids, let's see it, man, all right? Look, if you're worried about your sunburn that please go back and listen to rule number 2 okay slather on some spf 100 and let's go but but no t-shirts women all right okay finally this is the last one and i saw this i saw this a lot this week you know uh and there is a phenomenon that happens at the beach. And, again, I can only speak to southern beaches. I don't go to a lot of, you know, I've been to beaches on the West Coast, but I haven't been there long enough to witness this. And I don't know if this goes on everywhere in the country, but if you're in the South, this is the, a staple of a beach vacation with your family, and that is the dreaded ritual of family beach picture night. Look, I'm not hating on it because, guys, this is a no-win situation for us, okay? Okay. It's kind of like a a prostate exam. It's just best to just relax and let it happen, okay? But it is funny seeing all the dads as they walk down to the beach with their families, and everyone's dressed in, you know, white or pastel colors or, as in the case I saw this week, matching Alabama shirts. Uh, But the dads always look like they're being marched off to their deaths. And it is funny, you know, as we all try to, they all try to avoid the the. Glares or the the stares or the snickers of the other dads, you know, who are out there swimming or still hanging out, you know, um, and and they're walking out to the beach to take these pictures. But I've, I've, here's my rule when it comes to family beach picture night. Okay. Dads, I noticed that the PFG fishing shirts are popular, are a popular choice for, for family picture night. Hey, and I get it. They're lightweight, they're comfortable. They don't need to be ironed. They're great, right? They're they're awesome. I, I have a few myself. But under no circumstances should those shirts be worn tucked in. Come on, dads. I mean, you don't have to be some, you know, fashion expert or guru to understand that. Those shirts are meant to be untucked. And yes, you do look like a gomer. And we are all laughing at you when you wear it tucked in. So keep what shred of dignity you still have left on Family Picture Night together and untuck the fishing shirt. All right. Okay, so that's that's my list. Again, I'll throw something up on Twitter about this and I would love to get your reactions to my Beach Rules for Dads and hear your contributions as well because look, I, I quickly found out that, that you guys you know, are way more creative and, and, and funny than, than I am. So get to work on that and let me know what you got. Uh, anyway, okay, so let's get to today's episode. We're talking about creating mismatches with your defensive line by using what I'm going to call a 33 alignment. And this is a really simple package that you can put in with, with the guys that you already have on the field. Uh, keep all your current terminology and stunts intact. So with that being said, let's jump into this episode of Inside Drill here on show number 66 of KYPD. What's up, coaches? Thank you for tuning in to Keep Your Pads Down. This is episode number 66, our fourth edition of our what we're calling Inside Drill, where I fly without a guest, and we just talk, uh, really just get into talking ball. There's not a whole lot of fluff involved. We just get right down to the nuts and bolts of some defensive line play. And today, we're talking about a really simple concept uh, this is just a simple alignment that we've been doing for the last few years. Uh, we started doing it here at the at where I'm at now at Pleasant Grove, but we had done it in, in, in years past at my previous stops, and, we, and, and had a lot of success with it. And this is a way to get after the quarterback, particularly in passing situations, without having to change up personnel or, or having to send pressure. You can just—it's an alignment uh, that that you, that you that you that can be done with the guys out on the field, especially if you're in a four-down front. Now, if you're a three-down front and you're trying to get to a four down or, or something like that, That could, this could be a little bit different. But what I'm really going to be talking about today is 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 a, a, a an alignment out of a four down front. We do base out of three down, uh, but we will get into a four down front, and this is when we'll use that. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. What I'm talking about today is called 33 alignment. That's what I'm going to be referring to it as. Uh, 33 alignment is very, very simple. Here's the concept. What we do is is when it's an obvious passing situation, and obviously this is dictated by our game plan for that week, uh, what we see out of our opponent, but what we'll do is we'll take our defensive ends and we'll flip them with our nose tackle and our, and our defensive tackle, our 3 tech. And so now you have your defensive tackle and your nose guard out on the edge, rushing the edge, and then you have both of your defensive ends in double threes, okay? So they're rushing the guards. Alright, now before I go any further, if you know anything about our football team, you know that we have two really talented dudes at defensive end. And I know, you know, I'm going to show you some clips of them. I don't have film from from us doing this at my previous stop, but we did do it. Uh, I promise you. Um, and, and we didn't have near the the, the caliber of players that, that we have here, but it still worked. It's still effective because it's all relative. What we're trying to do is create mismatches. Anyway, you know when you watch the film today, you're going to see these guys. They're 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 talented, but they screw up. They're not perfect, and and so I don't want you to walk away going, well, yeah, of course, you know you can do that because you have those dudes. This can be done with with average. Uh, high school football players and especially if you have some guys that um are just are quicker faster uh, really good pass rusher that you can, you can you can do this with them and i think it'll be really effective as well so anyway let's jump into it i'm going to share my screen here and we'll go through some film clips of this okay so, creating mismatches with 33 alignment uh, let's talk about that. So here, here are some benefits to to doing this. First of all, you're going to get your best rushers in one on one matchups with the offense's weakest blockers. Uh, typically, especially in high school, this is your guards, right? You're going to get your defensive ends uh, where they're, you know, in a, in a potentially one on one situation with those guards. Now, obviously, they're going to slide, and there's going to be they're going to do different things to help neutralize what you're doing with those guys but uh, it's still going to create favorable matchups and I'll show you uh, show you that in these film clips and kind of walk you through that. Um, but another thing is you're going to put your longer, more athletic defensive ends closer to the QB. You know We talk about all the time the most dangerous pressure is the pressure that comes up the middle. It collapses that pocket. You get arms and body parts in that quarterback's line of vision early right now to where he can't step up at the very least. He has to throw off his back foot, rush his throw, and that's a, that's a, a, a good thing for us and so that's another benefit of this alignment. Uh, all of your Tech stunts uh, with your tackles and your ends; those are still in play. Uh, your, your players just—they're just switching roles. So, so if you're—you know, your defensive tackle, he's usually the one. You know, for us, he'd be slamming in a B gap and keeping contained through B gap. Well, now he's the second one uh, coming on the rush. He's going to rub paint with now with, with, with the defensive end who's playing a three tech. And so, uh, all those all those twists and stunts are still in play there. Uh, your you guys just switch roles, and then. Uh, your twists, stunts that you have in place with your nose and tackle, those are still in place, but now they can be run with your Again, quicker, faster, more athletic defensive ends. You do have to teach them a little bit about you know how to run those and how to run them properly and effectively. But it's really simple, and they should be familiar with that concept from running their stuff with you know like I said with your tech stunts anyway. So it's not going to be that much of a learning curve for them. And then finally, this is really effective also against a uh, run game, particularly runs, uh, uh zone schemes. Um, you know, you're going to see. I have a I have at least one clip where we run this against uh, where a team's running some type of zone scheme, and and we get. We tackle for the loss or right, get a tackle for for loss um, you know, I wouldn't recommend this for things like you're going to see a heavy gap scheme, and or, or you're playing obviously, you know, you're playing a triple option team. You know, things like midline, or you're getting a lot of a lot of draws and stuff like that. I mean, obviously, this is a game plan uh, package, and this is something you're going to do depending on what you're seeing out of the offense that week. This isn't something you're necessarily going to use every week. In fact, we didn't actually implement this with with uh, our, our defense here at Pleasant Grove until late in the season, really even into the playoffs. And, and here, here are our stats. So, so we ran this you know, really just a handful of times. So for um, us here at Pleasant Grove, it's still a relatively small sample size, and there are a lot of things that we'll add on to this and a lot of ways that we will build off of this. But you know, we're talking less than 20 reps uh, on the season in this look. And I don't have, I'm i not showing you all 20 reps today, but I'll show you some. Uh, but here's, here's what here are our stats uh, just when we were in this alignment. Uh, it yielded three sacks uh resulted in a pick 6. Uh we held uh, offenses to negative 2 rushing yards in, in this look and then 2.3 yards gained uh total uh, when we were in this alignment, okay? Now um uh, let's talk about drawbacks okay and i already kind of mentioned them but i'm gonna I'll, I'll talk about those now and then and then we can talk about them in our film clips but obviously a gap runs okay because now you know as it's as you're aligned you don't necessarily have a guy in the you don't have a guy in the a gap and you have a Mike linebacker who you know is is, is either you're either asking him to play both a gaps or you're gonna have one of your three techs spike in a gap but you know from the look from from the outset you know you don't have any a gap players right now or you're short you're short an a gap player so a gap runs could be a problem but there are some simple fixes that you can do to to, uh, w- to where that's not an issue uh, screens and draws could be an issue because you know those defensive ends when you put them in that alignment the, that 33 alignment they're not there to play the run uh, they're there to rush the passer so you know obviously teams could use you know their aggressiveness against them and run some screens and draws there uh, I mentioned this already but gaps scheme stuff could hurt this trap, midline whams, things like that. If you're getting a heavy dose of that, you're not going to probably want to run this that week. Uh, But again, this is also situational. This is in situations where it's passing, you know, obvious passing situation uh, and, and, you know, maybe maybe just obvious passing situations that you'll want to you'll want to use this the other uh, slight drawback is you put your lesser athletes rushing an edge and that's an issue that i'll point to, that I'll point out in our video here uh, that you do need to address because now you have a nose guard and a defensive tackle who aren't used to being on the edge rushing the edge and that's something you definitely have to educate those kids on on how to do that properly because this can um, you know, you guys know this as defensive line coaches. There's nothing more frustrating than have a, a quarterback dead uh, in, in, in your sights, and he he scrambles out of the pocket to pick up a first down or complete a pass, and that can happen if your nose and your three tech don't keep contained. So we'll talk about that, and I'll, I'll, I'll point, uh, show you some examples here, good and bad, uh, of us doing that here. So uh, let's let's get to some film clips here. Uh, okay, so this is. Uh, for we we're going to start off with just a bad example first. Okay, and 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 this is um, uh, in the playoffs here. And what we're going to do. We're, we're going to start left to right. Okay, so this would be our normal defensive tackle, our three tech right here. Okay, so now he's playing a loose five. All right, and we do want those guys in loose fives. Okay, uh, check that. I think that this is actually he was he was our nose uh, uh, this game. He he played both, but in this game he was our nose. Here's our defensive tackle out here, our normal three tech. Okay. So he's these guys are in loose fives, and then you can't really see our ends, but they're uh, in loose threes here. Okay, so let's go, let's let's work from 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 this kid over here on our left, and we'll work all the way down and talk about what the good and bad that we're seeing out of this. Okay, so first of all, look at look look, look at his his get off where he goes. He runs right through the middle of that tackle. Okay, so if we get pressure on this kid, he scrambles, we're in trouble. Because we, we can't keep contained with that kind of rush right there. You guys know that is, you know, I, I cannot stand seeing that because you just run right through the middle of somebody. He's we got his face buried in the, in the guy's chest. He's eye level to eye level with him. Definitely not keeping his pads down for sure. And, and so that's a bad rep right there. Uh, and that's that will, you know, if, if you can't get these guys to, to rush an edge properly, it's really difficult to run this unless these guys are just getting back there quick and you're, you know, you're playing a quarterback that's not mobile. This quarterback is very mobile, very dangerous with his feet. And so we had to be on point with this and we weren't here. So uh, rushing right through the middle, and that's something you have to address and rep with your guys. Okay. So now let's move down here to 44. Okay. Here's what we're going to see you're going to see. They have they're in max protection here. Two running backs in the backfield. Uh, they have five guys devoted to our three techs here. Okay, and again, these are special dudes. I get that. But if we wanted to, now we're not gonna talk about this today. But if we wanted to, we could. We we have uh, obviously now the capability. We could send some linebackers here. Send a linebacker and, and really get those guys uh, go th- go through untouched if we wanted uh, because of the attention these guys are, are paying to our our three our three techs here. Uh, however, let's let's talk about this. Okay, you see them, they're sliding over here. The offensive line is sliding to number 40, okay, which they should be, all right? And so you have the center, you have the guard, and you have this running back all responsible for number 40, okay? Well, what, we, what you have to make sure your guys understand, and we didn't understand this yet, is that they're both looking at the center, both of your three techs, and when they see that center go away... Okay, so like 44, he sees the center goes go away. Right now, he ought to spike A gap. Okay, uh, because there's no help. This guy's by himself. Now, you can see the running back's going to help, but that's still, now he's got a cross face come all the way over here to help instead of, you know, if, if when he's rushing B gap, it's a really easy block for him to make and really uh, um, easy for him to help double. But anyway, so we'd like to see 44 to rec. We would like for 44 to see that and recognize that center going away and go in A gap right now, get his hands up and at least. You know, get his paws there in that quarterback's line of sight, all right? You look at number 40, okay? He makes a little jab step first inside. I like that. That's fine. But just everything's way too tall. You see him window washing with his rush there, okay, exposing his ribs. Um, you know, he does get, you know, he does beat that first guy, but, but you know, pad level's way too high. Uh, not a bad job over here by number 50, Okay. Uh, I, he's super raw when it comes to rushing the passer. I mean, you, you guys tell me what kind of pass rush move that is, okay? Uh, I don't know. Um, but he, he does at least attack an edge, and that's good. He does have contain, okay? He's rushing that quarterback's upfield shoulder, so that's not a bad rep by him. Again, if we're starting over here at the left, I really like number 50's get off. Uh, he could be lower a uh, pretty good job applying pressure there okay so now let's look at uh look at number 40 again the 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 focus of the protection is is geared around him all right and he really shouldn't be running in there towards that center he needs to be he needs to be here and stay out here okay now we could do some twists and stunts and and i could talk about this but you could incorporate where you know he sees the center at him now he's going to go engage him okay and then let 44 come and pick him and now he can rub off, okay? You can definitely do that, and that's something that we could do, and we could add that here if we wanted. Uh, We hadn't gotten to that point yet. Uh, But anyway, 40, we don't want him running inside like that. He's got to stay outside and and rush, you know, put put pressure on the guard to stop you. All right, so let's look at number 44. He's one-on-one. So this is what we're talking about now because now they're not in max protect. Okay, they got one back in the backfield. Okay, so he's got a one-on-one matchup. All right. And so now, this doesn't have to be, I mean, this could be a kid that you got that's maybe a tweener kid. Maybe he's kind of a, you know, mix between an outside linebacker and, and a defensive end. But if he has a really quick move and, and he can use a speed rusher, he, he's a pretty savvy pass rusher. Put him on this guard in a one-on-one situation and let him go rush, okay? Now, again, you look at 45 out here. He constricts his B-gap for this defense, for, our, for our defensive tackle here because he's running right through the middle of this tackle, and so it, it inhibits him from getting a clean rush because he won't get his butt out here and rush C gap, and that's a problem. Okay, we don't want if we're going to bull rush, we don't need to bull rush right down the middle of him. That's a that's a poor rush once again. But this did wind up being a pick six, so it worked out for us. Okay, so here we go. This is a just a, instead of a butt view of it, this is a tight view of it. All right, so let let's start down here. I like I like. Fifties get off. You know he needs to bend that corner a little bit again. He really doesn't know what he's doing as far as rushing the passer. He's just getting off the ball, which is good, um, but definitely needs some some polishing up. But you know, love to see him dip that inside shoulder, run the hoop right there, uh, and turn the corner and bend. Um, but let's look at forty now. All right, look at his look at his look at his get off. He's popping straight up. Now this guard, the way this guard pass sets. Look at that right there. He's lunging. This ought to be an easy rush, okay? We have a one-on-one situation out here. All right, look at this right here. All he's got to do, he sees that hat go down, this guy's pads are way out over his toes. Man, something quick, get in this B gap and go get you a sack right now. But he doesn't do that, he goes back in the A gap and he's trying—he's just trying to, you know, he really doesn't have a plan here. And you can see, this, is, this all goes back to eye discipline. You know, watch, when he comes out of, the, out, of, out, of the, uh, out of his stance, his eyes are back here the whole time, okay? And so that really hurts him. But obviously, if he does what he's supposed to do, he's, he's got a one-on-one rush here, which is what we want, okay? Now 44 does do a better job. You can see his guard lunges at him, oh, around him right now, and gets a sack. Okay, now let's look at 59 up top, okay? Again, this will kill us. He cannot freaking bull rush. Okay, And that's on me. I should have done a better job of stressing this with these guys, is that, man, you know, you got to get out on an edge, rush his third. And, 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 and now here I will say this. You can, you know, to help kind of help these guys out, you can make a box call with these guys where a box call is you know, they, they're, they're sprinting out here to a spot. You, know, you designate where, but they sprint out here to a spot. They don't even want to contact this guy. And they're basically keeping everything boxed in. Okay, and then if the quarterback flushes to them, then they can they can convert that into a rush. But that keeps those guys from just running right down the middle of their of their tackle and losing contain. Okay, so that's a, that's another way that you can another thing that you can add to this to make sure that these guys are rushing an outside edge. Okay, we'll start from the bottom here because now we got our big boy nose in. He's rushing defensive end, and you know they're running some kind of some kind of zone scheme. All right, and you know that, you know, the worst thing for zone schemes is if you dent, if is denting the, the line of scrimmage, okay? Uh, that, that, that kills zone schemes, Zone schemes, and when you're in this 33 alignment and you're denting those B gaps, uh, and then you have it to where now your guys can even spike an A gap once they see that that centers away from them, that's really going to disrupt zone game, uh, and also, you know, you got these outside guys, as long as they're able to, 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 to bend and, and throttle down the rush... Uh, it, it's effective against zone scheme as well. You know, if like we're just looking at 44 right here. Uh, pad level's too high. Like to get more, just more punch, okay? You see how the 77 kid kind of loads his hands uh, and is late on his punch. We'd like to already be in him and get separation, get extension, okay? But you see the center's going with 40 here, so 44 ought to be spiking in that A gap right now making the tackle. Pretty good job with 40 40 with his hands right there we just like for his paddle to be lower but i mean he's he's a pretty tall kid so that can that can be difficult but anyway okay here we go uh good butt view of it all right let's start with left to right number 45 over here okay it's hard to see uh and this ends up being a run but it was a better job of him rushing an edge okay but here we go you got like a uh Zone O scheme guards pulling, okay, uh, and that's 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 a difficult block back for that center, and you know now 44 is able to bend the edge, uh, 40. You know, I mean, is that textbook and how he plays that? No, but he's he's taught right there we're rushing the passer and and it works out for him. So uh, that's just to show you this can be effective against the run game. But I thought 74 does a pretty good job right here of staying outside, rushing an edge. He does kind of fall back in late once he recognizes it's run, but that's a good job by him. So uh, let's look up top to our right here. All right, so everybody knows like when you're this wide, okay, this kid's gotta come out. He's gonna come out to you, right? So we don't need to run at him. And, and we teach this, you know, uh, and you've heard it on our podcast before, you know, about rushing to a spot right here. And that's what he should be doing. He should be rushing to this spot. Uh, and, and, and making this kid get out here and reach him. Um, but instead, he runs right through the middle of him there. And we don't want to do that, obviously. Okay. And, and, it, and fortunately, we got the sack. But, you know, this kid was about, he's about to break contain. And we we're about to be in trouble right here because we're not having, we don't have contain here. Okay. Uh, luckily, you know, we get that, we get the, we get a sack here. So let's move into 40, who gets the sack. So now you do have, I don't know what the center was doing here, but you do end up getting a one on one situation. Um, and, and, and that's, you know, sh- shortest distance between two points is a straight line, and that, that defensive end is able to get in this quarterback's face now um, before he's able to get the ball off. So, uh, again, 44, like I'd like for him not to get so tangled up with 65 there with that guard, you know, blow that outside shoulder up and stay in that B gap. All right, so a little screen action right here, and this is definitely something you'll get uh, when, when – um, you know, when you're running this and your, your front is aggressive. But the reason why I show this is because, you know, we get a batted ball here and you have two long kids who are in the quarterback's face now. You know, I'm not so sure that if they were rushing from their defensive end spot, if they would have been able to get that ball down or get that, get that ball batted down. We knew sacks were going to be hard to come by for, against this team because they were a catch-and-throw. And so we really liked playing this alignment because we thought at least if we're not able to get a sack, we can at least affect the quarterback by getting in his face now and applying pressure up the middle. And that's what happens here. But you can see, okay, all right, so they're sliding here. He's stepping up here. So now you have a one-on-one matchup with this guy, okay? So, you know, if you have two guys that are, you know, one of them is better than the other one, that's fine. Okay, so understand that the attention is going to go to your better kid. So that means that kid that's maybe not quite as good. He's going to get a lot of the one-on-one matchups. But still, there's some twists and stuff that you can do to help maximize that. Um, To to, to help um, to help free this guy up. You know, if we wanted right now, we're looking at this center. We see his face mask at at us. He 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 could slam in here. This guy comes and picks him, rubs this guy off, and now he's free. Okay, so this was uh, a way we did it. Just in our three-down front, so we're now, you know, instead of uh, having 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 four guys down, now you just put your defensive end in at nose, and and let him rush the center. So it's a tough assignment for the center, you know, rushing a kid like that, and and r- just rushing a defensive end in general. Um, I think if and, and I don't remember what we told this kid, probably not a whole lot, you know. Um, you don't want to overcoach some some of these guys, but you know, if 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 you had a kid, uh, you know, you could tell him to pick, you know. What I always tell them is, you know, is, is to rush, rush the side where their hand is down. So right here, I would tell this kid to go rush his, you know, rush his left side here. Um, but again, let them be football players. Uh, but I thought it was a pretty good rush by number 44 up top, of, you know, attacking this kid's hands and, and sort of being relentless there. Um, and that's a good job of keeping contained. So that's that's just a few examples of of this 33 alignment. Let me see if I have anything else up here that I wanted to show you. But yeah, that was the um, that's that's basically it in a nutshell. And again, that's just scratching the surface. There's so much that you can do within that that you can build on that. And that's why I like it because you know we put it in and we didn't have to change any of our terminology. We didn't have to change any of our our stunts. Uh, we did have to teach our kids different roles and responsibilities you know that especially those inside guys uh, but it's something that you can you, know, you can get that taught up uh, coached up and taught up pretty easily and it can be really really effective for you and just a nice change up that you can do without switching personnel uh, without having to send pressure you can still uh, you know drop everybody into coverage if you need to um, and, and so that's 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 another benefit of it so uh, just a reminder we are a weekly podcast we got new uh, new episodes being released every Monday and you can check those out wherever you hear your podcast we'll be back next week with a re- regularly scheduled podcast with a guest we're going to be talking to a former defensive line coach who is now a head coach at the division 2 level and just kind of talk about his uh, his ascension from Defensive line coach, now head coach, and we're also going to be getting into uh, some run stopping the run stuff, and that's going to be really good. So excited about that. So if you haven't already subscribed to our podcast, do that now. If you've never given us a review and you like what you're hearing, man, that helps us out so much when you give us a review and also give us a five-star rating to help spread the word about this podcast. You can follow our show on Twitter, at KYPD Podcast. You can follow my personal account, at CoachTaylor53. And, of course, you can always send us an email on that email there is on the screen. Okay, well, I hope that made sense to you guys and that you learned something from that. If you want to see the video of this episode today, you can do so by visiting our show's YouTube channel, and a link for that can be found in the show notes of today's episode. Side note, I'm not really sure, you know, you got a lot of background in the audio of that, of today's episode, and I think that has something to do with, you know, with, with the video and and switching over of microphones, and so I apologize for that. Uh, this is definitely something I'm having to work through and, and, and work out the kinks as we go along here, so thank you for your patience. Uh, our quote of the day comes from the book of First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 15, and it is, See that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to all people. And that will do it for today's episode. Be sure to check back in with us next week for episode number 67. Until then, hey, have a great 4th of July. And look, remember, is our country perfect? (laughs) Absolutely not. But we should all still take pride in our country and the freedoms that we enjoy. So let's celebrate that this week. Seek to do good to each other. And if you are heading out to the beach for the holiday weekend, put on some sunscreen. And please, keep your pads down.